Hello and welcome to Pilot Study, episode number 47. I believe, unless my memory is completely failing me, that this is the first episode that hasn't begun with the program we're doing and the episode length. But it is for good reason. Today we are airing our live from South by Southwest episode. Our first live episode of Pilot Study. Our first episode of Pilot Study where we've actually been in the room together, so that was kind of unique. Uh, we were asked to be on the official podcast stage, and we happily went down to Austin with not one, but two shows to analyze. Now, a little warning. The end of the episode gets a little chaotic as we play the IMDb game live with a crowd full of people, so sound levels get a little wonky there, but I don't think it's anything unlistenable. It was happy hour during our episode, so you can imagine that there's some yelling, some yelling from the crowd, and it gets, it gets fun. It was just more of a live experience, that's why I'm throwing out the warning. The rest should sound just like your standard episode in formats and you know, comparable in sound quality. One more thing before we jump in. As we're coming to a close in season two, we've got two more episodes for you to be exact, and we've got a contest. All you have to do is leave an iTunes review, screenshot it, and tweet it at Pilot Study Pod, and you're entered. You don't have to send any additional info. Just do your review, take a screenshot, and send it over to us on Twitter. Uh, the prize is a vinyl copy of Flight of the Concord's self-titled record with the contest ending on April 15th. If you have not left us a review yet and you listen, now is the time. And we would love your support as we get ready for the end of Season 2 and the beginning of Season 3. So for tradition, let's, let's still do this. Flight of the Concords aired on HBO on June 17th, 2007. Tenacious D aired on HBO on November 28th, 1997. Let's put 58 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode. That means the first show, in case you didn't know. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study, a podcast in which we pick apart, dissect, overly dissect, dissect some more, <laughs> debate, and hate on pilot episodes throughout TV history. Let's introduce the other two guys here that are up on stage with me. My name is Chris Lantinen. I am the owner and editor of a site called Modern dashvinyl.com. We couldn't get modern vinyl. It's too mm -hmm. expensive, so we have a dash. <laughs> Those dashes are so great. you got to remember the dash. Um, <laughs> sitting to the left of me here, he has been my co-host since day one. He goes by his radio DJ name back in the college radio days of Grimes, but his real name is John Reimer. Give a warm welcome to John here. Thank you. It's my boy. Thank you, sir. And next up, he is part of the Modern Vinyl Podcast, which will be on this very stage at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So, Ooh. you know, maybe stop drinking at Breaking like early. midnight <laughs> so you can make it, right? Maybe mm. don't do like the 2 a.m. Uh, Jimmy Eat World show like we did last night. Or maybe so you should, and then it's a challenge for yourself. Yeah, it's like, a challenge for yourself. How much sleep can I not And get? this is a really roundabout way to say that this guy right here, he also co-hosts, or he also hosts a podcast called Missing Artwork, where he talks with designers about different album art. His name is Michael Escon Wallace. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hi, friends. How are you guys doing? So today we have a uh, packed episode for everybody. We usually do the typical structure of the show is we do one episode, and the lengths vary because we talk about that episode in the exact amount of time uh, that the episode runs. So if it's a 40-minute pilot, we do a 40-minute show. If it's a 22-minute show, uh, we do a 22-minute podcast. We so try. you can kind of listen to Yeah, we try. We, the, the running <laughs> joke is that we never hit our time. But we try to do it so you can kind of listen to it as commentary. Uh, so today, we've actually got two shows for you. Uh, very highly related, same network, same general conceit, a lot of similarities. Uh, and the first one we're going we're gonna to show you here in a second. But it's best to introduce this first pilot that we're going to do on a clip, not from the pilot itself, but from a documentary that they actually did. And they did it for New Zealand television back in 2005, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe, James, you have the clip for this. So this is our introduction to pilot number one. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, New Zealand. I'm Brett from Flight of the Concords, New Zealand's fourth most popular musical comedy band in New Zealand. <laughs> and I'm Jermaine from popular band Flight of the Concords. What am I doing in a kayak? Good question. <laughs> what am I doing in a plane? Another good question. I'm on my way to Texas, America. Same. We've been invited to Austin to the South by Southwest Music Festival. Never heard of it, but apparently it serves as a springboard to the lucrative American music market. <laughs> and that is our introduction. That is before uh, the HBO pilot. And this is kind of part of the first topic that we're going to discuss in that the Flight of the Concords TV journey. So the journey to Flight of the Concords, the pilot, actually did have quite a few steps to it. They really got their big breakthrough in HBO special called One Night Stand. And that special, they actually basically walked off the stage and they got invited to play South by Southwest, which led to this documentary here that, again, they did for New Zealand television. And that, in combination with a BBC radio series that they ran before, again, the pilot, leads to HBO. So my first question to you guys and kind of how we're going to start here is they got a lot of reps before they made <laughs> yeah. it to HBO. Of course, they were a band before this. They had all this music already recorded and uh, written. But what do we think those increased reps did to actually enhance this first episode and to kind of have them come in in a very well-tuned place? Mike, I'll start with you. Well, I think it's, uh, it's something that we talked about before with like this kind of show and this kind of structure. It's like you're writing not only a script, you're writing material, you're writing, you're developing characters. And I think that with what they had before this show and all the different uh, elements and that they were pulling from, it was important for this show's success because, you know, they've mentioned before that this sh it, they had to write a lot of things for it. So having those kind of things ready and available to them, I think, brought the quality of this show a lot. You had characters to develop, you had songs, you had uh, a, a simple premise that, you know, like, with the comedy style that these guys have, it just worked perfectly. So I think it's definitely something that brought a lot of quality to this show. John? Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, um, a show like this where you, you're doing comedy and music, so all the reps playing in front of rough crowds, playing you know showcases and whatnot, it makes it a lot easier to start off with something high quality rather than hoping that you know they can write a couple good songs maybe next season and you know right. when they exhausted their music they stopped the series so well i think the the bbc radio series in particular it gave them i believe it was like six full episodes 30 minutes each 30 minutes each that gave them so much time to hone their voices and hone their kind of deadpan you know quick cut yeah. type of style like they came in and that duo's relationship was already well, well established. Yeah. Like the passive aggressiveness, like the the threats to break up the band every episode <laughs> or for somebody to leave for whatever reason, all of that had been done in a previous format. So when they came mm -hmm. in here, it's not an exact copy plot-wise, but I think a lot of the overarching uh, general themes and aims are very similar to that radio series. And I think yeah. that's also why when they come in, a lot of the comedy in this pilot is derived from simple conversations. Yeah. Like it's, they do, yeah. they don't come in as like physical comedians. <laughs> right. Like that does happen, and the music videos help in like the physical comedy mm -hmm. uh, end of this equation. But when they come in, the con they can just sit at a table and have a conversation, and it's funny mm. because, well, that's what they did right. on the radio. Like, right. they weren't yeah. getting up and acting out, you know, all these different things. I think in the radio show, uh, Brett, in the first episode, gets shot with an arrow, and he almost <laughs> dies, right? So <laughs> they uh, also had experience, like, in extreme situations and kind of <laughs> mining very uh, ordinary comedy out of the extreme. Right. So, I think, yeah, again, yeah. sitting behind a mic yeah. and... <laughs> being funny for all those episodes and being having the BBC radio stage, they came in and they were just able to, again, sit across from a table, uh, sit at a table across from each other and just be funny, you know. And right. they're on a, oh, no, go on. Go on. And then uh, by the time you get to series, it's not like many of the pilots that we've watched, which suck. And these people maybe <laughs> met two weeks ago and don't care about each other yeah. and they just want to be on a show or they're an actor and they get cast and whatever. These guys not only have all that practice and all that time, but it you get the sense they're actually friends, you know? Well, and, you know, you think of the typical casting 
um, mechanism is pilot season. Right. And it is all, again, all these actors. Uh, they don't care what show they end they up on. Yeah. They just give me a show. It's like and, eight eight yeah. people got selected for an NBC show, and now all of a sudden they have to act like they're best friends right. who have a four hundred dollar uh, a month apartment in New York City, right. you know, or something like that. Oh man! So shots like, fired. These guys are friends, and you can tell right away. And the director is somebody that they knew, and they bring in other people from yeah. the New Zealand comedy scene, like Taika Waititi, you know, to direct episodes, mm. and the other comedians like Arj Barker and Eugene Merman and uh, Reese Darby. Chris, Kristen Shaw. These are all people that they toured with and that they did American shows with. So it's like, you know, it's going to be funny because yep. you put all these funny people that are in a room together and they're already friends and mm. there's no adjustment period. It's, I think it's important to note too that like the, the simple chemistry that they have, I feel like the jokes and the bits that are in this episode are, and are just kind of simple in not really that complex. And I think that's important because this is a bigger platform for them. Being mm-hmm. on HBO is going to give them a huge wide audience. So it doesn't matter what they're pulling from. They just need like that core basic material and they have it with their chemistry with each other. Like I think it's such a smart decision with how they did it with this episode. And I also think that if you, you're, you're, you have to buy into the premise that they're going to break out into song at any time, right? They're yeah. going to be at it's a party. It's always a risky all, thing to do. All of a sudden, yeah. Jermaine's going <laughs> to go up to a girl dancing and she's going to act like that's reality. Yeah. So if you're asking the audience to buy into that, then you can't also ask them in 30 minutes to or 28 minutes to mm-hmm. buy into these guys being friends. It has mm-hmm. to be clear right away so that you can focus on the transition into music. For sure. So, yeah. Anything else on that? No. I, I do have a couple interviews here. So they did a bunch of interviews before the show started, and uh, the AV Club said, you did a Concords radio show for the BBC. Is this a television translation? And Brett said, it definitely has enough similarities that warrant us being concerned. We might sue us. <laughs> <laughs> so the radio show was a stepping stone to this show. I mean, that show is about trying to make it as a band in London, and this one is about trying to make it as a band in New York. So obviously that's a clear similarity. <laughs> and he says, tough. doing the radio show, we developed a style of working and telling stories that helped us kind of know which ways we wanted to go about creating the show. We wanted to incorporate an element of improv as well as a scripted story to go off. And they also mentioned that they weren't sure of the tone right away. Like they don't, they didn't feel as if they nailed the tone in that first season. I don't know if I, I think they're being a little overly critical. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I feel like they nailed it that way better than a lot is, of other people perfect. have. Yeah. There are some things that we're going to talk about in this episode that feel a little off. But again, we've watched like the Ferris Bueller TV adaptation, so we we've have watched like a, the worst of the worst. <laughs> we have like a pretty like low median. In we do it on purpose. We've watched. So it's like Ferris Bueller and then High School Musicals up here, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, High School Musical. That wasn't a TV show, but I'll let that one it go. It was on so the TV. It was on the TV. <laughs> it was on that. a TV. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, so even like in the doc that we showed, they're already playing up. Like there's already like an almost band breakup mm-hmm. that yeah. they mine for uh, a future story plot in the TV show. Like uh, I think Jermaine is watching the TV too loud or something. <laughs> or no, he's trying to watch the TV and Brett starts playing guitar and then they almost break up because of that. Because yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't practice time, it was TV like time. already like <laughs> the, yeah, them mining like very small inconveniences and blowing them right. up to like these huge interpersonal conflicts that <laughs> they resolve like in 10 minutes yeah. or whatever. I, I think the line is like, <laughs> Oh, and then we did not break up, and we're going to the show. <laughs> That's it. So. Uh, so just some additional BBC radio stuff. So the comedy from that, if you've never listened to it, comes primarily from a narrator. And it's very much a behind-the-music type of thing. So you'll have the narrator come in, and then they'll do a little story. The narrator comes back in. And I believe the narrator is Reese Darby, who ends up playing Murray. Mm-hmm. And Reese Darby also plays the manager in the BBC radio series. But it's really... If you watch the show first and then listen to the radio show, it's just kind of like extra adventures. Like the radio show takes on this really added, um, not meaning, but you know the characters, so you don't have to picture them. You know, like you're reading a book and you're trying to figure out what does Harry Potter look like, yeah. right? Or what <laughs> so does Ron, so Ron look like? You don't have to or do how that. To, how so. to pronounce Hermione's name. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's like know. a five-year quest to pronounce her name. Hermana. So you really, you just have those pictures of these guys in their heads and or in your head, and it's, it's a really nice experience after you watch the show. So if you haven't listened to the radio series, I would really recommend it. But don't try to buy it because it's only available on iTunes UK which I couldn't order from because I have an American debit card or something and no Amazon. 
unless you want to buy like a secondhand CD copy. So it's only available on CD, mm. but it, but it is out it's there. A, it's a deep cut for it's sure. Uh, the, pi <laughs> the pilot is titled Sally, by the way, and it premiered back in June of 2007. So let's talk a few, a little about the different iterations it had. So mm. an NBC version had them in LA, uh, American manager, BBC again was in London, Reese Darby was the manager. Uh, and of course, this one was in New York with Reese Darby as the manager, and they're in New Zealand. So, do we have any? Do we want to talk a little bit about what it would have been like on NBC? Sure. I feel, I feel like that's like a good rabbit hole to go uh, you down. You had a pretty choice <laughs> quote about what it would have been like this morning. Um, you just said it's, it would. Suck. It would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like because you're beholden to ads, and then you have to water down the comedy, and it's too subtle and dry. I mean, you can make a, somewhat of a correlation between that and like the British Office mm -hmm. versus the American. So you know the the debate is out there, but I think so. It would have been Steve Carell. It would have just yeah. <laughs> would they would have had to put some weirdo in there. Steve Carell gets cast as yeah. the uh, manager, and then right. uh, who is the guy that was in the running for the Office Manager? Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. yeah, it would have been, it would have changed. Casting the would have been weird. And, you yeah. know, that network <laughs> stuff just doesn't, it's not great. Doesn't I feel like that out. humor is just something so select. Like, I feel like when this show premiered, it was a different comedy scene back then. That oh, dry yeah. kind of humor. Ten years ago. Is, yeah, it just wasn't as big as it is now. Like, I feel like weird, dry humor has so many different spaces with different networks. And something on NBC just, I feel like, would not, it would just get canceled. Well, and HBO <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. HBO just also lets things grow. They're, they're not willing to admit mistakes very easily. And they're so, awesome at comedy. So I they mean. barely ever cancel anything, right? Yeah. So like they had to wait until like what four horses died to cancel luck. <laughs> like they had to wait until that point. So like they will not give up on anything. Yeah. But like also too, like, like that this. first season had a lot of success on HBO. It's not like mm -hmm. it, it floundered or anything it, like it that. Had, it had success. It was still like a niche type of thing. And, and they got a second season. They were, they were going to get a third before they quit. Um, this is a pilot that starts with Most Beautiful Girl. It has a subplot featuring the song Robots, music videos, and finishes with Not Crying. So in terms of song choice, do we feel any of those were off? Um, how did they fit in with the narrative? How did that affect kind of what, what we're presented with, those songs being available? Um, I felt like the robot thing, I know they were trying to make a video. I think they, because the music is so good and that's kind of what made them popular, I think they really want three songs minimum per episode kind of thing. And that's so much. They, that's tough. They, it's a lot for a half hour <laughs> and you're just randomly walking down the street and just breaking out, like he said, in song. And so you don't do that. I mean, I do it, but yeah, not everybody. It's like does. us every day as so we've been doing this whole trip. But like, um, wait for a minute 30 of this podcast. We're going to have a whole song. There's a musical number so. we plan for later. Yeah. I, I think it was, you know, I like all the songs that were in the episode, but I it's, think they crammed robots in to make it's, like, it's front loaded. It's like, yeah. you know, it's the difference between building a pilot and building a season. So you build a season and you have, very specific peaks that you want to hit. Like, you get a full season order without a pilot. So, like, if you guys have seen Legion, right? That's that new show on FX. That got a full season built, and they did not have to film a pilot beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't have to really present much because yeah. Noah Hawley is, like, a TV god, and he did Fargo, and they love him. So... Like, they could build for a season so that the big moment could be in episode four or five. Hmm. Here, it's like, they were still pretty, you know, they were smaller, so they had to really front load that first episode so that they could get picked up and do, you know, yeah. 11 more. Yeah. Yeah, they so by no the time idea. you get to episode 10 or 11, like, you're dealing with B-sides. Yeah. You know, if you think, like, Robots, Robots is thrown into a B-plot, yet I would assume if I asked you guys about Flight of the Concords, Robots would be one of the first songs that like came to mind, right? Since that was on the Distant Future EP and that was a big live hit. It's a big fan favorite. Yeah. So that, I mean, front loading is building for a pilot. Like you build all these huge moments into it yeah. and then by episode five, you're like, oh shit, we don't have any more songs yeah, left. We're like, we, gotta start, yeah. we gotta start writing we gotta write an album. Just, yeah, it just falls apart at the end. Right, so, <laughs> and not that the season falls apart, but Robots was an episode five big moment that was crammed into the B-side. Like, yeah. they don't even play the whole track. They play it over the no, credits. Yeah it's, yeah, it's in the credits. Of it should have been like, oh, I booked you guys a video, and then that's like an episode. <laughs> that, you know? that is an episode. Yeah. But again, they probably didn't know they were getting. Right. On average, did they episodes. do three songs per episode? Uh, it would be two or three. Yeah, yeah, I think like two if you have a big long one like Bowie or like yeah, the Lord of the Rings one is pretty long as well really from long. season two. Yeah, so yeah. They, they did have some kind of like epic... Uh, type of things, but robots is really the one that seems 
out of place. Now we have a clip, James, do you want to go to the next clip here? We, we have a clip of a visual transition into a song because we did want to talk about kind of how they handle that and then a show called Cop Rock that we're going to talk about here. So go ahead, James. <laughs> Looking around the room, I can tell the you of the most beautiful girl in the room. <laughs> in the whole wide room. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it right there. So we have these visual transition moments in which they go from more uh, everyday life to, mm. you know, these kind of exaggerated semi-reality type of moments where Sally is in the moment, Brett is in the moment, but the girl that Brett is talking to is oblivious to what, <laughs> what exactly is going on. So, I mean, did that feel right to you guys? Did that reality kind of mesh with the show's vibe, John? Uh, for me, yeah, I like that about that show a lot because the the lack of reaction from the extras and the other cast members to me makes it more funny. Mm. Like this dude is just singing a love, love song, <laughs> and nobody cares, nobody reacts. They all act like it's normal. I know? just I just want the. Uh the other footage of people cracking up during the song. Right, like, like how many times they had to don't film Don't cast me as an extra yeah. in like season yeah. three because I'm not going to be able to hold it together right. when like Jermaine is like singing behind me or something. Yeah. They're going to have to replace me. Like, what did you think? I think like this show is one of the few shows that did it so well when it came to those transitions. And I think that you always kind of go down a certain route when it comes to music in shows like this because it's either the people around you react and you're performing live for them and like, you know, you get some kind of response or you're in this imaginary world that they're kind of creating because like, cutaway kind yeah because like with this perspective what you're really hearing in the songs that they're performing we have no idea if they're in their world that's actually the songs they're making like we don't really know like what kind of quality it is but it's like you're in like that kind of imaginary world where you can take the songs to right right in, you know like, like, kind of like height. you're a big musical guy i know that and i love musicals you brought up high, high school, school musical, musical somehow in the first five minutes <laughs> of this podcast so did you feel it was more so along the lines of like a theatrical production or do you think it kind of Blurred the line, blurred the mm. lines, landed somewhere. In the I think middle. the comedy is what helps it. I think mm. the comedy kind of like helps that transition because it doesn't really fall into like that category of like what Rent would do or something like right. that. But kind of maybe like on a more contemporary musicals, like or actually even like old school musicals, mm -hmm. like Singing in the Rain or something like that. Right. Like they're just busting into songs with each other. Mm. Busting into songs. That was a weird way to phrase that. No, I liked it. <laughs> so in the lead up to this pilot, they did a lot of interviews, like I said before, and one of the things they kept bringing up was this show called Cop Rock. And I don't have a clip from it because it's like almost impossible to find <laughs> on YouTube, but there was a show called Cop Rock on NBC, I believe, and it was canceled after 11 episodes. And it was a like procedural, like think like Law & Order, but with songs like mixed oh, in no. That premise sounds brilliant. It, it kind of sounds sound, like it sounds, today. It sounds like, like it would maybe be brilliant. Maybe they should try it now, but not when they tried it. <laughs> today it would be like ironic enough. I feel to, like we should uh, revive it. You know, I, I, think, I think the cops need the PR boost right now. So maybe if they're <laughs> dancing yeah. and singing and like moving around yeah. and things yeah. like that, they can, yeah. you know, that Brooklyn Nine-Nine's not doing enough. <laughs> no, no, no. So Andy Samberg can only do so much. <laughs> it was, it's, it's kind of a weird comparison. It must have been something that like made it over to New Zealand television and was like mm. on NBC when they were growing up because the first thing I thought of was the second show that we're going to discuss, and James, you can go to the next slide here, and that is Tenacious D. It's a, it's a show that's on the same network, and it's a show that's very, very similar in how they use music, and uh, Flight of the Concords, that's a 10-year anniversary, and Tenacious D is a 20-year anniversary, so there's exactly mm. 10 years uh, between the premieres. And of boy, does it show. Sounds like a conspiracy <laughs> to me. The Tenacious D thing is actually really interesting because they filmed it in 1997 as a like an addendum to Mr. Show episodes. So if you know Mr. Show, it's the sketch show, and they, they would air some episodes on HBO. Was it all on HBO, John? Yeah. Okay, so all of it was on HBO, and Jack Black was on Mr. Show, and a couple other people that appear in Tenacious D were on Mr. Show, and 
So they would use this kind of, they would just air it at the end. And they had these like little shorts that would end up being part of Tenacious D, The Complete Masterworks. I believe yes, that's what it's yes, called. That's yeah. what the DVD is called. Uh, the pilot when it first premiered was uh, just Tenacious D. And again, it caught this band that was rising, this parody band or like this goofy yeah, you know, type like of rock band dudes. that was rising. And <laughs> there's so many similarities between the two. It's like, it's kind <laughs> of insane that again, they premiered 10 years apart were basically the same thing. And here's Brett in interviews talking about cop rock. <laughs> like, that's what he's worried about. Like, this is the exact same premise. We have a whole bunch of similarities that will go off. But James, go ahead and play this uh, Tenacious D clip. Okay. Uh, up next, these two guys have been here for the last couple weeks. Um, um, they asked me to read this. Warning. If you want your asses blown out, Stay in the room. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tenacious D. We really thought about starting the, uh, the podcast like that. You know, like <laughs> These a, next guys wanted a, me to read this. A message like that, you know, and I was going to walk up like with the mic, you know, kind of already in midstrum, basically, <laughs> kind of going into a, a launch on some kind of pilot type of thing. But uh, mm -hmm. I think Jack Black does it much better. So this is an episode that is two shorts. So they kind of do it like Looney Tunes style, like a 10 minute short, and they combine them together to make an episode. And so they have two shorts in each one. The search for, is it Inspirado? Inspirado. Yeah, okay. Is it just a word they made up? Or yeah. Is that, yeah. Okay. I feel like that's like half of uh, Tenacious D's language. <laughs> yeah, Jack made, made up a lot of words for this. <laughs> yes. Mike, Noises do you, you want to do your impression? Because <laughs> this is along the lines of Jack Black making up words. Oh, I, I you gotta, go, you gotta I, be in the rhythm. Yeah, okay. I gotta be in we'll the just, mood. We'll let it naturally yeah, just let come. It, let it happen. All right, all right. So <laughs> this is a both of these episodes. They included history, rocket sauce, which I don't want. I assume that was one of that the was dirty terrible. ones. That was the ice cream truck song. Anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Bowie. Did they do a song called Bowie too? I don't remember Bowie's well, track. It's in me. my notes, so we're just gonna go with it. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle quit the bands, and I, I believe that's the last one. And then something else at the end, but I don't know if it appeared on a record. But again, this is a show that, like, the Flight of the Concords album came out a year after the first season premiered. So those songs, like "Most Beautiful Girl in the Room," that was re-recorded and then put on an album, which we didn't talk about, but really gives a nice like home recording quality to those the episode versions. Yeah, like they're kind of shitty. Yeah, it well, feels feel like. They recorded it in that crappy yeah, that, apartment. That's what I kind of feel like those ones are. Like they're kind of recorded in that way, mm -hmm. like just live. And I believe the Tenacious D album also dropped after the HBO show. So we have like these bands it's that it. are pre big album and doing songs that would, would eventually end up on those full length records. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's similar in that way as well. Yeah, because I think that Tenacious D record came out in like 2000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2000. So I don't know. What, what, were you guys, what were your guys' thoughts on? The Tenacious D pilot. I know that all three of us like flight more, but I think we all took like we, we did a rewatch this morning, mm. hungover. <laughs> After that, Jimmy maybe World that added concert. a little. I think that added a little humor to it. So it's uh, always more fun to watch it with other people too. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So when you're just sitting alone on YouTube, did just your, watching right. videos. Did your, did your opinion change on the on the D pilot? No, no, no. no. I mean, what, what was it? I, I like it. I mean, I like the show. I like the music. It's just you have to think, like, because now everything is... There is no context of time for, for media content anymore. Everything's right now. Whenever you consume it, that's when it came out. Right. So mm -hmm. you could listen to The Doors, and you can listen to bands here this year, and it's all the same, right? Like, who cares? But yeah, if you the think about... <laughs> whatever. I'm just, some old shitty band. Jesus, you guys. <laughs> music nerds. Christ. Well, but, what you're saying is the comparison right. point is everything Everything is now. So if you think about this uh, pilot made in 97, it's kind of groundbreaking compared to what like what else was on TV in 97 that was that Cop good? Rock. Yeah. Cop, <laughs> rock. Cop Rock. Cop on NBC New Zealand. Right, so I remember right. Rugrats. Yeah, Cop Rock so, 7. <laughs> I just think that, you know, if Tenacious D came out now, it'd be very different. So would Flight, and uh, it was—it's the Gen X version of whatever Flight is now for this these people. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. exactly what your point was, John, with the um, uh, not with the context, but you said you said something <laughs> to me a couple weeks ago, and it was like Flight is 
a straight parody band and they're doing oh, yeah. parodies of music that it lends yeah. itself to humor while Tenacious D was really trying to be like a hard rock. They loved yeah. hard rock yeah. music. Yeah, they were trying to be Zeppelin. And yeah. they like really wanted to... I always I loved mean, that they were like musicians. Be, yeah. I mean, yeah. they have humorous songs, but like it's the type of music that we make fun of nowadays. So it ages poorly because we just... We're in the stage of our music digestion where we make yeah. fun of kind of hard rock music. I well, guess. it's like because I, I feel like they're also kind of making fun of that genre in itself because it's like they're this hard rock. They love metal, but yet they only play acoustic guitars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's Which not is, yeah. it's not like they go into like these intense. Like they're all they are both talented musicians, but I right. feel like they are both honoring the genre and also like you know making fun of it and kind of pointing out the flaws in it because like they do look at themselves as these gods of rock they yeah they're very confident and cocky with their attitudes um they act like they're already there yeah which you know you look back at any kind of 70s 80s metal band where it's like you just had like this grandiose kind of Mm -hmm. personality and like that's what they're portraying and it's funny like we (laughs) it's this idea of booking open mic nights yeah so in the tenacious d setup is that that what what you see there is an open mic night that they have like booked (laughs) on on their own, and that they, they, <laughs> they get just keep on an showing open up mic to, tour. They didn't even get to play it. Like most of the time, they just show up to yeah, it. Yeah, and, and they get a call back <laughs> the next week in that first episode, the search for inspiration. That's like what we're doing at South by. We just it's, kept showing up here. Yeah, yeah. Let us we're on not stage. You show up enough, time. they'll just let you talk. Just, this is an open mic. We just showed up. Like, <laughs> we're supposed to be here. So they have to like write a new song, and that's the inspiration part of it. And to get on the next open mic night, they have to have a new song. And the BBC series of Flight, the first episode is them booking an open mic night. Hmm. So again, it's like they. They're basically taking that concept, doing an adaptation of it, adding their own kind of delivery and giving us a, 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 an episode structure that is very, very similar. So I wanted to ask you guys about this. Like These two programs differ greatly in how the music accompanies the actual records and the careers that would follow, right? So any thoughts on that accompaniment and kind of how they differ? Because, you know, I think like Flight they were doing a narrative and they were supplementing it with songs, right? Mm. And that especially so like later on, like in the second season, I believe they would do story and then write songs to fit into the story. Yeah. Where the first season they were just taking their songs and building stories around them. So, okay, Most Beautiful Girl, obviously it's a relationship episode. Right. I'm Not Crying, obviously she breaks up with, you know, the person by the end. Mm. So they kind of structured it around songs. But what, I mean, in terms of Tenacious D and how they use music, I guess. Yeah. John, do you want to start? Um, yeah, I think with the D, it's more about their rise and them as a band. And it inflates about that too, but there aren't as many... Tenacious D kind of sticks to the band journey as the adventure, whereas mm. Flight, you know, they can, like you said, they can build stories off those first so- 10, yeah, 15 first, songs. First yeah. episode's a breakup episode. Right, yeah. and so you're starting from just a different place, whereas, like, yeah, with Tenacious D, it's just two weird dudes trying to be a band, and they just <laughs> that's just all they do, and yeah. everything is about that, and it's... um. Yeah, it's more it, about them, their quest. I think it grows in that because, like, to me, I don't, and especially with being part of Mister Show, where this kind of idea was originated from, I feel like a Tenacious D falls into like a skit category, whereas Fly the Concords is narrative, and like yeah. they're developing these characters. Tenacious D never really learn anything. It's not like yeah, there's like a, it's not like there's a moral lesson at the there's end of no the episode where or, Jack yeah. Black is like, oh, I figured out, I'm a jerk. I'm not gonna yell, <laughs> fuck you, fucker, Kyle tomorrow. <laughs> That's usually how it always ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just him calling just Kyle screaming like you fucking Kyle. asshole. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like the ten minute, like if you think Looney Tunes again, if we're gonna use that comparison, like Bugs Bunny or like, who is Bugs Bunny's like foil? Uh, Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. Is Bugs Bunny in Looney Tunes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was. I think I thought I was. Are you saying Bugs too. Bunny doesn't learn moral lessons? He goes through okay. a cathartic so, hero's journey. They in those do episodes. a reset at the <laughs> beginning of each Looney Tunes episode, and it's the same scenario acted out in different settings. There is settings. a red curtain too in Looney Tunes and the right. D. There we go. So this is Looney Tunes. That's kind of the moral <laughs> lesson portion that Tenacious D takes on. Is they don't really learn anything. They just start over again, break up the band. Our assholes to each other, and like we're re- it's a reset every and then next 10 episode. Oh, they're back. Yeah, it's like they could like die in an episode and just come back. Flight yeah. stays stuck in the same spot career wise. Like they always have one fan, and <laughs> that's about it. But it feels like they are advancing on a moral level, and that their one fan is has their own stories, and like the stories progress around them while they kind of stay stuck in the same spot. Like Murray eventually manages like a successful band yeah. right mm-hmm. and they're kind of put to the background <laughs> so they're the one stable force in a world full of change tenacious d is just 
reset, 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 yep. reset. Yeah. And you especially see it in that first episode. Right? I think that's like also something that attributes to storytelling from 97 to 2007, whereas serial storytelling was it became much more popular, it became more of a thing. So it's like, I don't think that Flight of the Concords has the most intense continuity in it, but it's definitely following a narrative throughout each season. And mm-hmm. with you know Tenacious D, it was just kind of skits. It was part of that. Yeah, it's skits. 90, 97 was different. And Tenacious D is all about getting those two guys back on stage to play more mm. songs on stage. <laughs> like that's all the plots revolve around them getting back to the stage. <laughs> Flight can break out in song anywhere. So there's a, a ton more freedom. That's a, that's a really good point. And what yeah. they can structure their episodes around. Like Tenacious D, like you have to end up back at the open mic. Yeah. You like, have to yeah do, it has to go you back. You have to be writing a song. Right? Pro- yeah. Cause they're performing for Flake, people. They could be like at yeah. a funeral and all of a sudden they're singing a song about Bowie or whatever, yeah. right? That was a bad example. I don't think that ever happens. But <laughs> <laughs> you get my yeah, point. I like they could be the doing Bowie episode's context. They was. could be doing anything. He was in space. And there you go. Yeah, they could be in space. Right. Bowie so was, yeah. Yeah. When it's like it like that, I was telling you, John, this morning about like how Tenacious D, if I were to be in that audience, because it's like there's a quality level with Tenacious D because the audience is able to comprehend what they're doing and view their show. Like no one likes them. Like if I don't know if I saw these guys performing, I'd be like, "Wow, that was really amazing. that was good." Yeah, like you guys are kind of silly, but it's like you guys are really talented. Like, if you're talented and funny, that's like the main snag in any show where somebody's performing. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like I watched the uh, Riverdale pilot recently for an episode, and that's the hot Archie show, right? Oh, Archie's sexy like, Archie. Archie! All of a sudden, like looks yeah. like me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he looks a lot better than me. But uh, he's he's like a music person now, and he plays like a demo. And it's like fucking amazing, of course, because the guy's super talented and he's, you know, looks like a male model and everything else. And <laughs> Everyone is like, a model oh, in Riverdale. This is a demo. And I'm like, that sounds pretty finished, dog. I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. I'm pretty sure you went so, to the studio for like You have days. to suspend your, your disbelief of like Flight of the Concords if they played a New York club they would be as successful as Flight of the Concords is in real life. They're playing, club, yeah. they're playing like stadium shows now yeah, and things like that. these are both that. successful bands and in that way. Tenacious D, if you saw them at an open mic night, you'd be like, wow, those guys are really talented. Right. You know? or, and nobody would ever watch the second show and these things wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like they're good. And I think too, along with the music being good and them being funny, because a lot of comedy acts, you know, they hide behind a guitar or something until yeah. they're comfortable. Then they're like, oh, I don't need that shit anymore. So if the, just either... Even if these guys weren't trying to be funny, they probably could be bands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're talented enough. Yeah. Like well, Kyle, Kyle Gass in particular. Well, is he, like, yeah, he's like a, classically trained a, guitarist. A tr- classically trained guitarist. Mm-hmm. And TV's just better. I mean, think of the leaps and bounds that TV made from 97 to 07. All right, we're going to do some quick stuff here because we want to play a little game at the end. So we're going to do some what we call random notes. So just things we picked up from the episode that don't really fit into any of our questions. So I'll start. I loved Me- uh, Mel's band shirt. It's just Flight of the Concords on a white T-shirt. Oh, she just wrote like, it. And it's like, like, yeah, it's like in like the worst font. I, I really want, I really want that shirt. That would be. Uh... I want that shirt. Uh, there was a moment in the documentary where they actually took the inspiration for Mel. Is it Mel or Mel? Mel. Mel, Mel right. Mel. And they took the inspiration for Mel from an actual fan that started up a a website called What the Folk. And it was like basically the Flight of the Concords website for oh, wow. years and years and years. And it still is. You can still go on there and buy T-shirts and there's forum boards. But this woman that they meet in the documentary is like their biggest fan. She came to Austin just for them. And she has a picture of Jermaine's lips in her wallet. And so they adapted that situation. And in the first episode, Mel has a picture of his lips in her wallet. So <laughs> literally homage. the inspiration for that character mm. is this woman that they met right, right here in Austin. That's funny. And yeah, it's, it was kind of hilarious. You guys might know her. You, yeah. you might know her. It's possible. It's her right there. I do it. I do it. Oh, She's man. a huge fan. <laughs> uh, the line, they didn't make some of their best music back then in relation to Fleetwood Max. And somebody says, rumors. He said, no, it's All true. true. It's one of, one, of, one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. Uh, the helmet hair. I like that as well. He's yeah. trying to build a helmet that looks like his hair. So he can be so safe. I love also cool how it's like, riding his bike. It's, yeah, still. it's like a secret stylish. They're very concerned about the coolness of their hair throughout the series too. So you no, know, the most one of the most genius lines in musical history. I'm making a lasagna for one. For one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quite like that as well. That what, what, what kind of random notes did you that. guys have? Well, I actually went through um, the crossover that stood out to me, and I kind of. I'll oh, go yeah, through yeah. it real quick. but um, okay. So we're doing who did it better, right? Who did it better, and All I'll right. tell you my thoughts, and you gentlemen feel free to chime. So crappy apartments, 
Mike, who did it better? Crappy apartments. I'm gonna have to say the D. I, I, it's the California love mm. on that one. Same here. Crappy I, Venice. I like the. I like I'd rather the be very, poor where it's warm. <laughs> I like the very close beds in Flight of the Concord. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go with that. It's, it's yeah, like they're yeah. so like that's New York and that's Los Angeles. Yeah, like these two shows are representations. I will of say two. that. The fact that they actually shot in New York gives this, what do they say? New York's like a whole other character in this show. Yeah. I won't go that far, but I will say that it is a very nice setting, and it feels like Broad City in, yeah. in, in its authenticity, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that one goes to the D, and, yep. unless you disagree. No, All right, go so ahead, go ahead. The, the little signs that they have um, when like, they're walking into the open mic in the bars, I think uh, flights are funnier. Yeah, I like flights mm-hmm. as well. Struggle to create songs, you know, struggle to write and practice. Mm-hmm. I gave the edge to the D um, just because the songs just came more naturally for flight. Like they were more of a, I don't know. It, they, they were pre-loved. They were like really we creative. About you, d- yeah. you didn't really see like their story writing or their story or their song writing. It wasn't like, part of the story. Yeah. Like it's not as big as a process as with yeah. Tenacious D. I like band infighting slash members quitting because I, I had a nice note about this. So in, <laughs> in Tenacious D, Kyle quits the band, right? That's he one does. of the songs. And I'm, I'm trying to see how I worded it. So we have a band quit in the first, or a band breakup in the first eight minutes of the Tenacious D pilot, <laughs> which is funny because they literally wait, or they lit- it's literally quicker in minutes than it is on tracks on the actual album. I think it's like track 10. With the so a minute of the eight of the breakup, yeah. and on the actual record, it's track 10. <laughs> so they did it very, very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave the edge to the D there too, just because like, they made Their a song breakups out of are funnier. He <laughs> freaks out. Like with Brett and Jermaine, they just are, you know, they're going to be friends. And like, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's like there's just so much more subtle, too, because yeah, it's, it's just like subtle. that situation is that Brett starts dating the girl and you don't even realize that. No, Jermaine starts dating the girl. And then Brett, <laughs> you don't even realize that. Like, yeah, they, they, they dated like for six months. And it's like, oh, <laughs> your best friend that you live with, you just went with the girl that he used to date. And you didn't even realize Whereas it. in the D, that would be an episode where like Jack would like stab Kyle or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that basically. And it does happen, happen, it, would, yeah. it would just be just him so shouting in, in at the, him. In the second segment of the Tenacious D episode, Kyle finds out that Jack Black likes a girl. And he immediately goes and tries to steal her. And when Jack Black <laughs> finds out, it goes into like a Wayne's World. Is it two? Wayne's World 2, where they oh, have the, the, the fighting, yeah. The yeah. kung fu, like, spoof. With karate, I'll Where kick Jack Black, like, kicks his karate head off or something like that. The Does what? he kick his head off? Yeah, he kicks his yeah. head off. Yeah, he, he has to, like, kicks pull his it out of the trash off, can. So. That, that is not what you would call alt-hack in the no. comedy world, no. ninja shit. No. All right, so, um, <laughs> actual musical or comedic talent, I gave that edge to Flight of the Concords. If for no other reason, Brett McKenzie has an Oscar for music. I like them better. That's kind of fair, I guess. You know? I like them better, yeah. Comedy friend cameos. I'm interested mm. to what you guys think here. Um, I gave the edge to Flight with one caveat, the Tompkins... Uh, open mic intro. Well, hosts. you got to think Tompkins and David Cross are, are in that episode. D. Yeah, that's so that's what I was. David, that's the difference between David Cross is like way up here, so that's yeah. that's a tough one to beat. I, I lean towards David, but Cross. it's such a cam- small cameo of David Cross, and he never shows up again. I just think the you have to compare. Because he was just hanging out, and they were just going there, dude. It's like <laughs> the universe of Mr. Show versus the universe of like alt comedy. You know what I mean? So I just prefer. Flight like the Eugene Merman was in the Flight of the Concourse mm-hmm. pilot. Yeah. The awkward guy standing there, and you you just you know, there's there's the gems. There's in a, lot, a lot of New York City connections yeah. there. A lot of New York City comedians. And then yeah, we covered everything else. So that was it for my random notes. Um, but I like that Brett and Jermaine stay friends no matter what. They fight. They hit. You get the sense Kyle and Jack could maybe not be friends. I don't like. No, that. No, like I feel like their chemistry is like. Kyle just, you know, takes his he bullshit. Takes a beating. He takes the beating. He <laughs> takes his bullshit. I don't know. I feel like Tenacious D has, like, a weird relationship with each other that's, like, they obviously need each other, and they're very broken people. Codependent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, like, there's a lot of flaws in those two characters, but, like, Fly of the Concourse, they're flawed, too, but it's just, like, they're... <laughs> they their flaw they, is that they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> they need each other because they wouldn't be able to afford a New York City right. apartment. They buy exactly. a cup, and it bankrupts yeah. them for yeah. an It's like, episode. you can see them kind of wander off doing things on their own. Like, I feel like they, and they even have, like, well, they'll have plots where they kind of separate and do things yeah. separately mm-hmm. in Fly of the Concourse, but Tenacious D, it's always them together. Right. It's always them you fighting over You don't make a lasagna for one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how you'd make that. Just two noodles, right? You'd Hit have the to microwave. Cook just two single noodles. Just two little yeah. things. I don't even know how to make a lasagna, man. So we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do one last thing before we wrap up here. If we have like a big 
a big TV fan in the audience, we'd like you to come up and play a little game with us. Like so if do you we know have the anybody names. that's a huge TV fan that feels like they can name some actors and things like that? Not character or names, maybe actors. like I'm terrible at it, so you won't be alone we if have, you just want to try it. We have spots on the couch for probably three. We could do a team or a pair or anybody like that. Why don't you explain the game so people can feel like if they want to come up okay. here and... So the game is called the IMDB dumb. game. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to give you... We're going to give you 10 shows one by one, and all you have to do is name somebody that would be in the top five uh, IMDb listing for that show. So what it usually goes by is it goes by amount of episodes that they were in, and it goes by, like, basically how famous they are. So if Steve Carell and, you know, Jenna Fisher had the same amount of episodes on The Office, which they don't, they basically Steve Carell would be higher than Jenna Fisher. So you're trying to guess the order of the most credited cast members. Right, right. And so what we do is we award points. If you get the top billed person, you get five points, four points, three points, two points, et cetera. And each point is worth points that you can redeem for more points. <laughs> I, points think you, I think points you're confusing points. it. Let, let me explain. <laughs> I like it's a little, a of, it's a little a more simple than game. that. <laughs> Basically, if you get the top spot, you get to guess again, and you can kind of go one, two, three, four, five. If nobody if you're wants really to. super talented at that. If okay. nobody wants to, we got James back here. James is on deck. Also, to come it's up also and try. You guys want know, James? This couch is really cool to sit do on. Do we want, so that's do we want James, or does somebody out there think they're a big TV fan and can do it? That anyone? guy right there? All right. Yeah, there we go. He right just rolls in, and we're going to bring him on stage? <laughs> <laughs> come on up, buddy. Do you want to come up on stage? All right. I guess we got somebody. Sweet. And somebody can come up and help them, too. We can have a pair yeah, more if people you want to team up. Home. Here we go. All right. What do you got there? Oh, uh, yeah. Jump over. Those, so yeah, so those are we, all. We take this pretty seriously. We even have a scoreboard. So uh, our, our pal John? Grimes here. Hey, yeah. I'm also John. Cool. Double oh Johns. God. Is this it right here? That's it, sir. All right, so you didn't hear any of the rules, did you? No. It's good because I wasn't paying attention. Get ready, guys. And they're You're so simple and fun to explain <laughs> yeah. and right, listen so to. IMDb, all right? This ADB? is called the IMDb game. I'm going to give you a show, and you oh. are going to name somebody that's in the top five listing on IMDb. So it goes is by it amount of... Or, or name? The, the, the actor actor's name. name. That's we'll the also best. give you points for character. Okay. How's that? Thank How's you, that? Here's a beer. Appreciate <laughs> it. He's, that will help. Now he's ready. There we go. He's like, oh, God, I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> basically, if you get the top one, you get five points, four points, three okay. points, and we're going to go like that. And if you guess the top one, we'll give you another guess. And so you can get 15 points per show if you actually named them in order and are really good at this. But that's very hard. So it no seems, it seems by your face that you are not going to be very good at this. Okay. see. Do you want to... I need a pen. James, do you get a pen? All right. Pass it over here when you're ready. So the first show is, uh, I got one, James. The first show is The Big Bang Theory. So if okay. you can name anybody oh, in the shit. top five, then you get some points out of Actor this. or character is fine. We will accept And if, okay. you, if you beat Grimes here, who has 48 points, I'll give you $5. Oh, this is be terrible. All right. I don't watch much TV. That's my thing. Well, so. this, okay. <laughs> you're in the wrong Because I know. Podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. You thought so. this was a podcast about yeah. planes, didn't you? We're not. We don't fly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you, I just know Sheldon, who's, um, I, I forget his name. Well, that's, okay. that's four counts. points right yeah. there. He's Penny, second on the list. Yeah, Penny. Well, we can only give you four points because he's not number one. He's second. All right. Okay. So you got four points out of that one. What about uh, Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell? Uh, no. Nobody? Just, not I'm even character so names? What? Audience revolt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zach Morris. Zach Morris. All right. Okay. We got five points there. That's the top dog. Is he the top dog in yeah. that show? He's, he's not AC Slater? Mark Paul. So does anybody, anybody can help him out. We'll just make this a group effort. No. Who would be second on the list, do you guys think? I'll yeah. She is not. Second on the list Whoa. is Mario Lopez. AC oh. Slater. All right. All right. Because so, of that extra credit. So far, you know? we got nine. So far, we got nine. So we're just making this a whole yeah, goddamn like, crowd thing Let's, right now. Yeah. Crowdsourcing. Um, <laughs> cool. Third up, we're going back to the HBO family here. We're going Sopranos. Okay. What do you got on that? Yes. So we got Anthony, who. Wait, oh, wait a second. Wait. I'm going to give you a second chance yeah. here. The, it's Sopranos. So who's the main character yeah. in The Sopranos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. Get, get, get a survey. Like yeah. Tony Soprano. I feel okay. put yeah, this guy on the spot. We also would have accepted T-Dog. T-Dog, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got five. Yeah, who do yeah. you guys think is second? Second. Any guesses? It's not who you'd think. No. All right, we'll, we'll keep it at five. Okay, it so no, no one likes the Sopranos. Lorraine Bracco was we, the psychiatrist. We always, do, we always do the show that we talk about, so we're doing Flight of the Concords. So who can tell me what the top person on IMDb for Flight of the Concords would be? 
Brett McKenzie is second, so that's four Ooh. points. All right. Jermaine and you can overrule first. any okay. of these guys. You're no, in the no, seat. Yeah. You're in the seat. <laughs> yeah, you don't have uh, to you use your lifelines. represent these people. He's just up here drinking. He's, I know, yeah. He's just happy to be on the couch. He's coming. Like, okay, yeah, I'll go up. Perfect. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Fuck it. Is. Give me a beer. It's a, I'll it's wing a nice it. couch. You know, it's it's like, not hard okay. to do a podcast, man. It's like, I want to sit on those chairs. I want that you couch. Tell, yeah. Okay, Bob's Burgers. So I'll, I'll go and yeah, take yeah. a survey. Do you know anybody at Bob's Burgers? Well, well Bob. Obviously. Bob, there we go. Our boy, Bob. All right, five points. What was it? Tina, is Tina. that played by Dan Mintz? Yep. Yeah. All right, four points, so we can keep going. Keep who, it going. Who's who next? Who would be the third? Eugene Merman would be third. There we oh, go. Wow. Audience now, sweep. Yeah. Audience sweep. <laughs> Kristen Schaal is fifth, so we got uh, five, four, three, and one, so we almost got 15 points there. Who what did about, we forget uh, there? What about Last Man on Earth? Has anybody got any ideas? Anybody a fan of that show? Mm-hmm. Will Forte is number one. There we Good go. Show. Five points. Yeah. Who would be second? That's a great show. Kristen Schaal. <laughs> Kristen Schaal is all up here. about she, she is just all this up. podcast. <laughs> what about uh, number she three? She just walks right in. Schaalcast. <laughs> there we go. What a cool name. January all right. Jones. Number two? That was number three. Is yeah. it Louise? Or? Mm, nope. No. Mm-mm. Okay. We're not, we're not on Bob's Burgers anymore. <laughs> oh, we, we moved on. <laughs> I love this. Although H. John Benjamin and Kristen Shaw are in, okay, or no, H. John is in. We'll, we'll keep it at four, anyway. five, four, three. The next one was Mel Rodriguez. Okay, mm. uh, Mad Men. John yeah. Hamm is number one. Yeah, Ben Hamm. He is number one. What about also. number? What about Ham number two? <laughs> Anybody got number two? It's first names right. Yeah, there we go. Four. Okay. What about what about number three? Any I ideas? think this is the dude I hate with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> because of the I character really. or the actor? I don't. Uh, that would be so. number three. Would be Pete. So we'll keep it at five four. I'm not. Here. I'm not adding these up because it's a team effort. So we're just. Having <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> fair. Yeah, if it's fifty. So this game is one. just has no consequence. <laughs> John's just John's just trying to keep his top score on the board because right now that's it's very already, important to me. Um, <laughs> the you U, the U.S. office. I'll give you a hint. Is not Steve Carell. Yeah, don't guess. He's not number Carell. one because remember he left in season mm-hmm. six or seven, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. he would not be number one. John Krasinski is number two. Ooh. Rain Wilson would be number yeah. one. Yeah. And then this this is a tough one. This is a tough one. James? This is a tough one because, you know, uh, names is, are hard. This is a voice cast. So this is The Simpsons. Good luck. Mm. There we go. This guy should have definitely go. came up. <laughs> uh, what about number two? Anybody any ideas? Nancy Cartwright is number uh, three. So that's three mm. points. So a lot of points. That's what we'll end it at. Yeah. Oh, we, we got a lot of points. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. Let's give Thank, a you hand. Thank you for coming up. It takes you got to be brave to come up here, man. <laughs> he got no. We help didn't mean whatsoever. to bum rush you. Yeah. He's like, you I heard did it all on your own, man. He's like, listen, I have a badge. I hear there's an open bar at four. I'm just gonna stroll in ten minutes early. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's up here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for um, playing, sir. Let's, let's we'll give wrap you a free up, sticker. Let's, yeah. let's wrap this up. This has been uh, Pilot Study. We hope you guys check us out. You can find us at pilotstudypod.com, uh, or you can find us at modern-vinyl.com. That's where this show is hosted, along with a bunch of other modern vinyl family of podcasts. We will be back on the stage um, probably this And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh, bummer. <laughs>